You're listening to Movie Homework, brought to you by the Binge Media Podcast Network. Subscribe wherever you get podcasts. week we are covering 2002's Bubba Hotep. I'm Jack and I'm joined today by my co-host Step Chad. How you doing? Hey buddy. I'm good. I'm good. Just, just ready to talk some Bruce Campbell. Let's do this. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah, so uh, we talked about it last time, um, you know, pre-show because we always, the way we do this for those of you at home is we kind of decide what the next show is going to be before the recording of the one where we sit down to record. Um, and while we were talking, we realized, you know, this episode's going to drop right as Evil Dead Rise is hitting the cinemas. And granted, you know, we've covered some Evil Dead movies on this network. But, you know, Jim Law mentioned on a binge cast not too long ago, Bubba Hotel might be a good one for a revisit here. And uh, we took his advice, and that's the direction we went in. So, um, if you haven't listened to the last episode, that was The Third Man. Uh, Carol Reed movie with Orson Welles, Joseph Cotton, and Alita Valley. Uh, great re- revisit. Uh, Chad, I don't know. what we, we talked about it at length uh, last time we recorded, but uh, I don't know. That, that was just, it's good to refresh on that one, I, I, I thought at least. What would you think of that? Yeah, I completely agree. It was definitely, that's why we do the show, right? It's getting into movies we haven't seen in years and then uh, rediscovering why we liked them. So, yeah, I was, had a good, really good time with that one. So, fun listen, yeah. I think, too, so. A little bit differing opinions too between the two of us. So yeah, yeah that's uh, it's good to have once in a while. You know, we may we might have been born in the same year, but that doesn't mean we're the same fucking people. You know what I'm saying? So once in a while, that's right. We got to get a little contentious <laughs> here, but uh, and that might, that might happen tonight. No spoilers or anything, no but we'll see. Um, all right, so Bubba Hotep, let me give you a piece of the trailer right up top. How could I have gone from the king of rock and roll to this old guy in a rest home? You were an Elvis impersonator. You fell off a stage and broke your hip? What was it? 20 years ago. That's where they took a piece of my brain. I got a little bag of sand up there now. Jack, President Kennedy was a white man. They dyed me this color. What we have yet, Shady Rest, is an Egyptian soul sucker of some sort. Some kind of Bubba Hotel. You know, a mummy hiding out, feeding on the sleeping. He can just keep on feeding unless he's finally destroyed. Uh, just, just the most batshit insane premise for a story. Um, so it really just, is. <laughs> just to set the table, all right? Bubba Hotep is a movie where Elvis who is now an elderly man in a nursing home, meets up with John F. Kennedy, whose skin has been dyed black and brain has been replaced with a bag of sand, according to him, by the government. Uh, these two live in a rest home that, uh, you know, they're, they're clearly, like, close to death. And a mummy shows up to suck the souls out of people's asses. <laughs> Assholes, that's right. That's right. And, uh... Basically, they got to stop the mummy, and that that is that is the that is the whole story. There's nothing, there's nothing else there. That's it. So we're we're in like solid B movie territory with the fucking chin himself, Bruce Campbell, Ossie mm-hmm. Davis is JFK, 
couple other faces you would recognize if you've you know seen a movie or two here and there. But um, man, this is as close as it gets to uh, to like a, in my opinion, just like a two hander. Like uh, absolutely, you know, yeah, oh yeah. Campbell's. That's what. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm just saying. Going into this review, it's like these are always more tough for me because this is clearly a fucking to the utmost B movie, right? It's, this is not. They're not trying to win awards. There's no prestige no. here, and it's Bruce Campbell who's the fucking B B movie god essentially. Right. So, yeah, it's a it's a wild ass premise, like one of the more <laughs> funny ones. But I think though, for being as crazy and weird as the premise is, it, as like a genre fan or you know people see the director of the Phantasm movies and Bruce Campbell going into this, it's not. I feel like it's a, like a more reserved movie too right like the first 35 minutes he's in the bed the whole time talking about his penis like I mean, that's right. like the first 30 minutes of the movie right. so yeah if you're expecting a crazy uh evil dead type movie then you're not gonna get it with this but yeah it's it's got like it's got shades of it but it's it's very mm-hmm. oh excuse me it's very clearly also trying to do something different and i i have to say the thing that i was most surprised by on this rewatch was it's weird to say with a premise like that, but like the amount of heart in the movie, um, mm-hmm. it, it's, yeah. it's interesting. Like, like there's a line later on where, you know, Elvis and JFK are getting ready for their final battle with, with the, with the Bubba Hotep. And as JFK is rolling away on his wheelchair, Elvis says, Hey man, gotta know how was Marilyn in the sack? You know, and Ozzy Davis looks back and he's like, you know, a, a president never kisses and tells or something like that. And he's like, but off the record, wow! And he just kind of rolls away, and it's yeah. That's that's. I mean, it's it's a funny situation in line, but like, I don't know. That's a very wholesome line delivery for a question like that. You know, it's, it's yeah. like uh-huh. you can kind of just see like oh, that's that's kind of it's very grandfatherly. Like, where is that coming from? You know, but no. um, but we're kind of we're kind of jumping around a little bit. Chad, what was the theatrical situation like for this movie? So this is like a, it wasn't just a, you know, this is the day it comes out. This was a very much, like we said, B-movie. So Don Coscarelli had pimped this out on a, like a, a traveling roadshow type that Kevin Smith does now. And same with Bruce Campbell, did the same thing. And then, yeah, it just, it hit DVD or VHS DVD at the time. And then, so yeah, box office wise, it's only cost 500000 to make. And overall with, I'm sure, still midnight screenings going on and stuff, uh, it's up yeah. to $1.2 million, So... Yeah, this is a. I think it's at this point twenty one years. It's achieved that kind of the cult status, which really released as that. (laughs) It's fucking, but yeah, yeah, that's where we are with box office. I think Campbell has like you know obviously any Evil Dead movie, but outside of that, like I think this is pretty much the tier right below that you would want him to like just tour with a movie for, right? I mean. Yeah. What else yeah, is yeah. he going to tour with, really, outside of those? And, like, I don't know, maybe some contrarian could book him to, to introduce a screening of Fargo or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah or the that. Spider-Man movies or something. Or yeah. Frisco County, Jr., give us some some of the TV shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Absolutely. Um, but, yeah, it's – and, again, this is another one of those. I know we talked about this last time, but, man, I remember cherishing my DVD of Bubba Hotep. It, it was such a weird movie – um, it, it was just, uh, it, it was just as I was kind of understanding what genre films were like contrarian stuff outside the Oscars, outside the, 
the big awards and the big studio pictures and stuff, like when you start really digging in and seeing seeing stuff like a basket case, you know, or a, I don't know, like an It's Alive or something, and you know, you find out about your Evil Deads and your Army of Darkness and all that stuff. And once you've seen those and you've watched those incessantly, I think everybody has the same thoughts. They're like, man, I got, I, I need more of that. Like specifically, I need more of Bruce Campbell. Like, get me more of that guy. And mm -hmm. this is one of. I'm, I'm really trying to rack my brain here, so correct me if I'm wrong here, but this is like one of the only other Bruce Campbell starring vehicles that's out there that you can point yeah. at and say, like, okay, well, this is this isn't Evil Dead, but like, it's 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 kind of a similar Army of Darkness performance, maybe. Like, it's got comedy, but it mm -hmm. has a little bit of pathos there. Um, and I know, yeah, I mean, you got it. You go to his IMDb and it, it, his known for Evil Dead, Army of Darkness, Ashford's Evil Dead, Boba Hotep. Those are his top four. So, I mean, yeah, it's yeah. absolutely the Bruce Campbell vehicle. Yeah. So, you know, suffice to say, if you like Bruce Campbell and you haven't seen this, uh, I mean, I, what are you doing? Go watch this right now. Yeah, what? Because he doesn't have a lot of movies like this, you know, where he's the he's the top dog. But mm -hmm. um, So, yeah, there, there's that. You mentioned uh, the director of the Phantasm movies, Don Cossarelli. He put this thing together. Um, and this was the first time I'd seen this after seeing the Phantasm movies, which I watched as, you know, a couple of years ago as part of the movie challenge. Um, oh, okay. That's, I was, I was going to ask, I, I thought you did, but I, did, I couldn't remember if you had watched them all. Yeah. Cause I was going to ask what your history with Coscarelli is, if you're a fan or yeah, how, but yeah, I definitely liked a lot of the Phantasm movies. Um, I, more as like, this is going to sound douchey, but like. They like like mood pieces. Like I don't know what the fuck happens in those movies, really. <laughs> yeah. They, oh, yeah, they all yeah. just seem like weird dreams that anything can happen at any time. And then the, like Angus uh -huh. Scream is just kind of a cool character. Um, Definitely. Yeah, yeah. I'm kind of fine with that because I like the fact that Coscarelli just stuck with the same few people and made like four movies, and then I think the fifth one somebody else directed. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. But, like, he just kind of made them on the budget that he could get at the time he could. And I, I don't know. There's, like, something really admirable about that kind of hustle, you know? Yeah. Great um, great uh, score, too. Those movies have awesome, yeah, awesome horror really scores. Really cool. Really cool stuff. Um, but, yeah, and the, obviously, after seeing the Phantasm movies, watching this, you notice that, oh, the uh, the warden or the orderly or whatever at the rest home is uh was it i think it was reggie in those movies reggie Bannister. yep reggie yeah. bannister huh yeah yeah so that was pretty cool to see a little bit of connection there um but chad tell me a little bit about your experience with this movie because i feel like i've been talking a lot but you know no, your introduction yeah. to it and kind of where you're coming from i mean i definitely saw this dvd i don't know i feel like <clears throat> blockbuster uh, early, this is early 2000s, two, four or five, somewhere in that range. I, is when I had grabbed this off the shelf, and of course I had seen The Evil Dead, so I'm like, that's that's the guy I like. I, let's do this. Um, <clears throat> yeah, and so that's kind of where I first watched this movie at my mom's house on, in the summer. And just had like the uh, the unlimited. I don't even remember what it was called. You could have trade in two movies a day and trade them back out. Like you get unlimited whatever. So I just like plowed through movies. And I, I do remember that this was when I watched that movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, I mean, yeah, it's, it's hard for me to, to not have blinders on with this because of Bruce Campbell. And like you said, this is just such his movie. I mean, he is on yes. the screen for 
it's it, yeah this this is him like this is just a, a, an hour and 26 minutes when the credits hit of just bruce campbell talking about his penis and fucking <laughs> just being elvis and he, i think he's a great elvis man I, I really do think he's it's a good a really good performance for him in this b movie like he's he, he embodies that character and what he his interpretation of elvis and Give me this Bruce, this Elvis over uh, Austin Butler's Elvis. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's where I'm at. <laughs> All right, so that's that's exactly where I wanted to go with this conversation. So so before we get into more Bubba Hotep stuff, this is also the first time I've seen this movie since I watched Austin Butler Elvis. Okay, mm-hmm. and here's what I will say: I didn't love that movie, but I had a great time watching it. Like mm-hmm. it felt like somebody on cocaine made their own version of a Marvel movie. And, like, that's kind of, like, I think I texted Alex after I saw it. I said, listen, I'm not saying that Elvis is a great movie, but I think you need to smoke an entire bowl and then watch it, and you'll have a really good time, you know? (laughs) Just experiential, right? But after seeing this movie again, I can't help but think in the back of my head, hmm, is some of the Bruce Campbell performance... A little, a little bit lowbrow. Like, a little bit taking pot shots. A little too much. Did you get any of that? <laughs> not really. No, not for, not for me, at least. I mean, yeah, they're, I don't know. I feel like he honors him in a way. I mean, so what, what, do you have a specific example of what, like, what you're... Uh, I mean, or... his first monologue in the movie is talking about jacking <laughs> off so he can get the boil off the tip of yeah. his dick. You know, it's like... Oh, yeah, well, yeah, he, said, mean, he, but he, said, he even says it about Priscilla, right, or something. He's yeah, like, you know. It busts like, so I can when I'm thought of her. It's, uh, that's, that is some vivid imagery, you know? It's like, holy shit, man. Um, well, Elvis did die in the toilet, so, you know... Uh, I guess, I guess. Public figure, so, you know, you gotta roll with it. it, it look, I don't know where I stand, it just... It did occur to me a couple moments in this movie, uh, you know. I mean, I could, you could definitely see it. Like, if, if a family member of Elvis watched this movie, yeah, I could see. I, I could see from that perspective where they're like, oh, what the fuck are they doing? But, I don't know. I, I've always just taken this movie with for what it is, I guess. I, I yeah. just... I've never really looked at it for... I don't know, I'm not, like, pulling any deep... Meaning, even though you said, like, like you said, these these rewatches I had this week, it's like, yeah, this this movie is like very much. I think the mummy is just like uh, the MacGuffin, right? I mean, he's he's there, sure, but this is like mainly like the horrors of getting old and like nursing home and kind of the, sure. that first opening scene with like the. Uh, the the daughter coming and throwing away that guy's purple heart and like all this stuff and it's yeah. like I didn't have time to see him it's like these poor like rotting away like this nursing home system is yeah it's, it's pretty depressing when you think about it but a little bit but in that same scene I I did pull a clip here and let's just see how depressing that really seems the revealing of her panties wasn't intentional or unintentional <laughs> she just didn't give a damn she saw me as so physically and sexually non threatening she didn't mind if I got a bird's eye view of her love nest. The same to her as a house cat sneaking. <laughs> you know, it is. Uh, there's there's a crudeness to it that's really fun, <laughs> and it's hilarious. But I don't know. It's just like I said. I don't know if it, I don't know if it, I, I don't know where I stand on it. Just this was the first time I watched it where I was like, huh, that seems a that seems like maybe a little harsh, maybe a little harsh, but not for me to say. This is a movie with a fucking mummy in it, so I guess we'll move on. Um, 
So, other things in the movie that you really liked, or any anything that specifically kind of jumped out at you on these rewatches, and you know, maybe it was something that you hadn't realized before or seen before. Mm, not necessarily, but I, I just really love that main theme. Like, I, that, it's just got this, this kind of like this twang to it. But like, this the guy who did the score, uh, what's his name, Brian Tyler. This dude became like a huge composer. If yes. you look at his uh, IMDb, like 140 credits. He most recently did Super Mario, which is the biggest fucking movie in the world. He's done all like all the Fast movies, Yellowstone, Screams. I mean, this guy became yeah. a, a pretty big deal in the. The composer world, but I, yeah, I think that 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 theme is just awesome, man. I, I love it. I think it's it works really well with uh, the Elvis, and of course, you know, Elvis. There's no Elvis songs in this movie because I think they would have cost more than the entire budget of this movie to even get yeah. the rights to. That's why Coscarelli talks about. But what about you? I mean, like, what else really for you stood out on these? I, this watcher? Well, I think I think again after the phantasm of it all, I think I noticed more how sort of homegrown this movie is, and. Mm-hmm where they maybe cut corners or did their best to keep costs down. Um, it's super hokey and maybe it doesn't look great, but the fight scene with yeah. the scarab, um, you know, there are shots where you could totally see. It's just like, it's, it's like hanging on a fishing line. <laughs> like you can, yeah. you can yeah. see it. They're not, they don't really make any bones about that. You know, it's a giant piece no. of plastic that they got to like shuffle across <laughs> the floor. Um, yeah. but the sound design and the editing actually makes it work pretty well. Um, so stuff like that. Um, I also, it really never occurred to me before just how kind of small the movie is, like, like how big the story is at times, but how small they keep it. For instance, the flashbacks with Elvis performing on stage, um, they shoot him from a low angle at first when he's actually as Elvis, right? So when he's not performing mm-hmm. as uh, Sebastian ha- Hoff, Sebastian Hoff, mm-hmm. is that what it is? Half, whatever it is. Yeah, um, half, I think, yeah, yeah. When, when he's performing as Sebastian Half, he's, he's performing in front of, like, a moderately sized crowd, right? So that makes sense. Like, they show a, a wide shot or two, and you're like, okay, 100 people in a gymnasium, that works. But... When they shoot him performing as Elvis on stage, they shoot it low. They keep the camera, like, kind of tight to him, but inside the crowd so that the the frame is, like, flanked by people. Um, uh-huh. You know, keep the cost down, but make it feel like it's a big arena rock show. Um, some of that yeah. stuff I thought was kind of clever. It kind of worked really well. Um, Definitely. Yep. Also, the amount of work that the script is doing all the time to, to tell all that story, like... You know, voiceover narration from from Elvis that could come across as really cringy, but at the same time, the fact that you get his sort of state of mind throughout the movie—I don't know. There, there's something about that that kind of works. I never thought of Bubba Hotep as a, a movie with like, you know, good character narration, but I, I actually think it, it kind of informs character in this. So I, I kind of like that too. Um, never thought about it before, but but yeah. Um, so. Other performances. I feel like we, we talked about Bruce Campbell a lot, but mm-hmm. where are you on the Aussie Davis JFK performance? I think he's fucking really good. I I I don't have a. I was looking through his IMDb, man. I mean, obviously, I know him as DeMayer from mm-hmm. uh, a movie a movie we covered on Movie Homework a few years ago. Do the right thing, but That's I think he's great in this man. A grumpy old man too. I fucking love grumpy old men. Oh, uh, yes. It's kind of a guilty pleasure of mine. Yeah. But yeah, I think he's got a really good comedic. Man. 
No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Grumpier, maybe. Grumpy is still great, I think. Um, Aussie, yeah, I think he's got good comedic timing. Like that scene you mentioned about the Marilyn Monroe stuff. He, it's weird that he's in a movie like this. And I think if you've watched any of the, like, the, the featurettes or anything, Bruce Campbell is like, why Why are you in a movie like this? Like, you're way too prestigious for this. But I think his kids talked him into doing it. And yeah, I think he's, he's really good in this movie. I wish, I that is one thing I wish was more like, I wish there were more scenes with Elvis and Jack. I feel like, it, like I said, the first 35 or so minutes is just him in the bed, and then really, by the time it gets ramped up, it's like, all right, we're going to fight this mummy, and uh, obviously their relationship is the driving factor of this movie, but I think they work really well together. I don't, where, where are you at with him? Do you, do you not like him? Or? No, I, I, I really like him. I really like him. Yeah. Uh, I, I think he's a he's an awesome choice, and I, I, I don't know. He's not an obvious choice, I don't think. I mean, I know that he's a very well-regarded, well-respected actor. Um, obviously, he's you know, he's been in some stuff that we've covered before. I've seen him elsewhere. Um, I just really like the choice. I think it could have gone in a lot of different directions, but I just think he has a warmth and a, like a playfulness that is really <laughs> useful in the movie. Um, yeah. Ironically, one of my other clips here is a showcase of this. So let's let's give this a listen. It's Egyptian. Right, oh, Reno. Hey, you're not as stupid as some folks made you out. Thank you. Now, I copied this down yesterday. I came in here to take a shift because they hadn't cleaned up my bathroom. Saw that on the wall, took it back to my room, looked it up in my books, and I wrote it all down. Now, this top line translates roughly into Pharaoh gobbles donkey goobers. And the bottom line, Cleopatra does the nasty. <laughs> Cleopatra does the nasty. Fantastic. <laughs> Dude, I mean, if this doesn't sum up that that clip right there, that a fucking mummy is coming here to take a shit to like shit out the souls that he's sucking in, or whatever the fuck he's doing and writing hieroglyphs on the stall. I mean, it's, it's just so ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's uh... nuts, man. Um, so that that's the the other thing I want to talk about too. So I don't think that there's a very long list of good movies with a mummy in them. You know, um, mm. you can talk about your, you know, classic universal monster movies. You know, let's, let's push that to the side for a second. But, man, movies that I like with a mummy in them, I'll take the Brendan Fraser mummy, maybe the second one. And then this, uh, I don't know. I don't think there's much else. I was kind of hoping Moon Knight would be awesome, but it really wasn't from last year. But yeah, no. It, I mean, come on, that Tom Cruise mummy movie? What do you mean? That, that was awesome. The best thing about that movie was when they released the trailer with the work print audio on it. Um, that's fantastic. Everything else can go fuck itself. But Also, um, by the way, Brian, Brian Tyler, the composer, also composed that movie. Oh, good for him. Good, good All the mummy good movies. Get all the mummy movies in, Brian. Let's do it. Good for him. Good for him, you know? But, um, but yeah, I mean, I, for whatever reason, mummies don't translate very well to movies. And I'm not sure... Hmm. If it's all of the setup that you have to do to justify a mummy being in a story, because it's such a specific origin that you kind of have to deal with in order to get that, you know, modernized or whatever. But, um, but yeah, I, I don't know. This is notable as maybe, maybe one of the best movies with a mummy in it. But I'd be open to hearing suggestions from uh, some of the listeners on this. I know... The Monster Squad has its fans. I'm not one of them, but mm. 
Um, no, don't like the Monster Squad. Okay. Eh, it's um, just, it was fine. It was fine. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, that's definitely a movie. If you watch as an adult, it's not gonna not gonna be the same. Um, yeah, and when else? Where else are you gonna see a mummy with a cowboy hat and cowboy boots? Right. Uh, that's uh, my point. You know. Other things about the movie. So uh, the score we talked about was really good. I do think that for as crazy of a premise as this is, you sort of said it at the top. The driving idea behind, you know, aging and maybe the fear of that or the fear of like the inevitability of it and the... um, the 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 uh, oh my god what's the word I'm looking for shit um, inevitability and 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 sort of like uh, fuck I can't think of what I'm trying to say god damn it god damn it of course I did this on a fucking live broadcast yeah. um, <laughs> that that you're you're gonna be uh, just forgotten unimportant you know um, oh yeah yeah and and like your life didn't mean much I think that kind of lands with this movie um, weirdly enough like the whole quest. To, to destroy this mummy in the last, like, 15 minutes because you you don't have anything else in your life, so you may as well, like, protect this nursing home. Um, I don't know. There's yeah. there's a Western aspect to that. There's, like, a lone cowboy aspect to that that I think is, is kind of nice, kind of works. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it's Definitely. it's a really fun movie, man. Um, I, I can't really say a ton more about it outside of that. It, it's... I think with genre movies, and I know you know this, you know, just as well as anybody, but you kind of got to buy the premise, you got to be willing to go with it, and then see what kind of mad shit they can do to entertain you. And, yeah. oh man, I, I, I think this movie does all those things. I, I don't think that there's much here to to really complain about in my book, you know? Um, no. But before we get into, you know, letter grades on this thing, we got some superlatives here. So let me kick this off. That's that, dude! All right, we're going with the Kupka. <laughs> this is the scene stealer slash cameo for the film. Um, I am going with my boy, Kimasabe, in this. Uh, anybody who is wearing the Lone Ranger's mask and hat in their underwear <laughs> with two fake pistols, <laughs> you know, just saying, asshole, asshole walking down the hallway and then fucking checks out with a heart attack um <laughs> i mean what else do you want dude that's that is a hero right there so that's, no, that's mine can't mine for the cup. can't disagree with it uh mine is mr harrison young who at the beginning of the movie he's the purple heart man he's the guy who uh who dies in front of elvis right. but for those of you who've seen mr S- the movie saving private ryan he is old Matt Damon, he is old Ryan in Saving Private Ryan. So you see him dying, and you get that that sad ass face. That's that's who I went with here. Just random. You talked about Reggie Bannister, of course, but yeah. Harrison Young, Saving Private Ryan, and Bubba Hotep to his credit, <laughs> pretty close together here. That's funny. When when Alex hears this episode, Harrison Young is the name of a podcaster in the Boston area that uh, we have some awareness of. Uh, it's a long story, but uh, look it up on. Uh, oh, okay. On, on, YouTube. I think it's Topic Time is the name of his show. Uh, it's a weird dude. Not the same Harrison Young. So, moving on. <laughs> well, fucking on, what it, the it, fuck? Alright, this is the punchable face. Chad, you have anybody for this? I struggled a little bit with this, but I went with Daniel Roebuck. 
just because okay. I'm not a not a big Rob Zombie guy. And I know he he's in a lot of his movies. He's uh, he was just in the Monsters last year. I, I've got nothing against Daniel Roebuck, but he he's like the uh, the random one of the comedic reliefs of the <laughs> like the random nursing home workers that carry out dead bodies and have yeah. these like oh what's this poor guy? So I just went with him. Punchable face. <laughs> what about you? Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, I will always remember him as Arnst or Artst from uh, Lost. So, uh, oh, got, that's right, I forgot about. That. Yeah, I got no problem punching him in the face. However, uh, I did not choose him, and frankly, I didn't choose anybody. I really didn't. Nobody bothered me to the point of needing a punch in the face. Um, no, I yeah. thought about Ella Joyce, who plays the nurse in the movie, but even she didn't really piss me off that much. You know put myself in her shoes and it's like, okay, you know, I, I got to, I'm a nurse at this nursing home. And of course, like one of the patients I have needs his dick rubbed every day to get this like boil off of it or something. You know, it's just like, ugh, I get it. Like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get too pissed off at that lady for that. So, <laughs> um, you know, no, uh, no punchable face for me on this one. So, um, okay. all right. Tell me something about something I was reading about. All right, this is the M, and this is the best quote of the movie. Uh, look, there's like there's just too many options here. Um, I felt like you were probably going to go with an Elvis quote, so I went with a JFK quote. And Ooh, okay. the one that I really, it really makes me laugh, and my delivery is not going to do it justice, is uh, they go back to JFK's room. And he's trying to be hospitable. He's like, would you like a ding-dong? Oh, I don't mean mine. I mean a chocolate ding-dong. Of course, mine would be chocolate now that I've been dyed. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's such a stupid (laughs) sequence of lines, but it's just just funny. I I don't know. But uh, (laughs) what'd you go with? So many. So many good ones. I'm sure Alex is going to pull something because, you know, I like to talk about dicks, apparently. But there's a lot of them in this movie. A lot of dick talk, right? I'll lube my own crankshaft from now on. I'm the good one. Uh, but but to, to piggyback off that scene you had earlier, this is the next line. He says, I felt my pecker. I'm going to have the trouble. I felt my pecker clean, flutter once. Clean for the audience in the back. <clears throat> All, All right. right. Quiet, quiet. <clears throat> I felt my pecker flutter once. <laughs> Remain limp and still. Of course, these days, pause, 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 pause. At that exact moment, your audio dropped out. So we're going to need to rewind. We're going to do that one Uh, more time. uh, Okay. Get your recording in. Here we go. Uh With a a smile this time, Chad. All right. Big smile. I felt my pecker flutter once, like a pigeon having a heart attack. Then it laid back down and remained limp and still. Of course, these days, even a flutter is reassuring. Mm, There you go clean drop for you uh yeah there's so many good ones though i mean he's like what is there is there finally and really anything to life other than food shit and sex i mean like there's just so many monologue scenes with elvis here a lot of good ones but i had the uh, the ding dong scene written down as well (laughs) very nice yeah it's i mean the whole there's like rarely a scene in the movie where there isn't a good line at least or like a good line reading you know that the fucking definitely the fucking scene where he, he cooks the scarab. Never, but never fuck with the king. Like, come on. Yeah. You know, that's, that's what you want. Um, all right. I know this is a hot take. All right. Chad C., the most entertaining scene. What do you have? 
I, literally, you just said it. I think that Scarab uh, beetle fight scene with Elvis, it, it's the most reminiscent of like an Evil Dead, ridiculous Three Stooges type fight scene that Sam Raimi would do. And, you know, it brings back memories. I fucking love that shit. So I eat it up and yeah, he's just fighting. Really, I mean, I, I think the final battle scenes, like it's kind of anticlimactic if we're being honest. But that mm. scene, you get a little bit of Elvis with the fork and yeah, just ridiculous giant beetle. Yep. I think. Oh yeah. What, oh, yeah. what about you? So I had originally chosen the same scene because I do think it's it's kind of a highlight. But the other scene that the more I thought about it, the more it made me laugh was again the the flashback sequence when Elvis goes to find Sebastian Half, <laughs> walks into the room, and Campbell gets to play both roles, and he's got like you know ketchup from like a sandwich on his face, and he's just sort of like disheveled and. He, he sort of like kneels down and <laughs> kisses the rings. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I can't right. imagine anything better in uh, you know Bruce Campbell's career than that, right? Like he's bowing down to himself. It's fucking phenomenal. <laughs> uh, so that's that's some, that's some good stuff right there. Um, all right. I mean, wow. This is the TM. This is what holds up the best and the worst. Okay. I think what holds up the best by far is. The, the performances here. I, I think that Campbell and Ossie Davis, they're great. They were great when the movie came out, and I feel like their performances still work really, really well. Despite some of my trepidation about the, the Elvis stuff, um, I, I still feel like this is just, it's, it's fantasy. It's, it's horror, you know? I guess I, I kind of made up my mind over the course of this podcast, but... Um, I feel like this is a calling card movie for, for Campbell. I think that, you know, while Ossie Davis was alive, I hope he told people to see this movie so that they could see a different side of him. Um, it almost makes you a little bit, uh, I don't know, not, not sad, but just wonder if Davis had done more of these types of movies, uh, what else he could have, he could have done, you know, um, not that he had a, uh, you know, lackluster career or anything like that, but, uh, he clearly had some, comedic chops and, and he was game to do some of this so um you know just makes you wonder but but yeah hey, um, he passed, yeah, passed away right two or three years right after this movie i think too right I think so yeah really soon after yeah but uh but yeah so that's that's uh that what holds up the best for me uh what holds up the worst um i didn't give this a ton of thought i, I you know none of it i i think if i had watched this without more background on Cascarelli and his process for making movies, I think I'd be more critical of some of the practical effects not looking great. And, mm. you know, the Bubba Hotep look Ooh. is good, but it is very, like, kind of upper body blocky, you know? And, and like, a lot of, a lot of shadows, a lot of, a lot of black on that costume to hide some of the, uh, some of the, the makeup. Um, but at the same time, I, I think it's fine. I think it's fine for this movie, mm. but... Um, but what, what did you think either way? So best or worst? Well, this is not, I think the effect. So yeah, this is K and B effects who did that. This is Nicotero and fucking Kurtzman burger, of course. And they did it like pro bono. Essentially. They said, get us the materials and we'll do it for you as a thing. I mean, obviously if you don't know who Kurtzman and Greg Nicotero is, Kurtzman did all Tarantino's movies, evil dead too. I mean, they've, yeah, they've done K and B is in a lot of effects work, but, uh, the, so 4k, I, I have this on 4k. Got it. It actually just released last fall. It um, 
and hasn't really been kind to the makeup on uh, Elvis's yeah. face so much. Which, yeah. granted, like I'm not gonna nick- pick nits with a fucking B movie, but I mean, there's some scenes in this that it's like his face is like six shades of different color. Like it, it's, it's you can see like it bubbling up almost. It's like oh, oh. so I mean, it, for only being 21 years old, uh, yeah, the the 4K <laughs> hasn't been really kind to it. But same uh, best, I think. Yeah, it's, same as you. Performances still hold up really well. So that's where I'm at. Excellent, excellent. All right, uh, let's see here. Best use of music. Did you have anything for this? Yeah, I think I. Uh, it always stands out to me that that the main theme playing as uh, Elvis is in his walker and JFK's in the wheelchair coming down the hallway corridor, yeah, ready to fight the mummy. That down, 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 down. As they're coming down, just kind of kind of iconic. So that's that's where I'm at. Yeah. Son of a bitch. Same same as me. Oh. Same as me. Uh, um, they do use it in another place, well, a couple different places, but um, again in that flashback sequence where Elvis and his crew are, are meet, going to meet Sebastian. Um, yes, yeah, uh-huh. you know, it's still still a cool moment, not as cool as the end of the movie, but you know, being able to sort of uh, tie those moments together through uh, you know a, a score drop is is not a bad thing. So, um, all right, dynamite <laughs> drop in, Monty. This is the PJ. This is the casting swap of the movie. Now, man, I feel like we could go in 10 different directions with a lot of different roles here. I didn't want to swap out Campbell or or Davis. Um, The more I thought about it, the more I realized I care way less about this movie without either of those guys in it. Um, So, I tried to look for somebody else to swap out. I'm not swapping Reggie out. Fuck that. Um, You can swap out the nurse, but that part is very... Small, uh, didn't really, I don't know, it didn't elevate to the level that I, I wanted something to happen there. Um, you could choose a different casting for Bubba Hotep, but he's going to be under, you know, prosthetics and stuff. So what the fuck? Fuck that. So then I turned to the two morticians and I was looking at Daniel Roebuck and I was looking at the other guy and I realized, oh, I don't know who the other guy is. That's an, you know I don't love Daniel Roebuck but like that's an easy swap out right so let's let's find somebody else to be the second mortician and I had to go through a process here you know you can't just choose Tom Cruise that's too big obviously he's never going to be in this movie <laughs> so you got to think like who has a similar look that people would know but not necessarily be able to like call out except for if you're a huge movie buff that gives a shit um, who in 2002 would it like be the right level of uh i don't know celebrity to be in this role and be unnoticed but also be a nice little easter egg um and it had to be somebody that would be game for a genre movie like this and the first person that came to mind that ticked all those boxes for me was fucking ted Raimi. like just just makes sense like why why wasn't that ted Raimi? it could have easily been him you know he's like two lines in the movie and uh I don't know. That that could have worked out really well. So that was, you know, this is maybe a more niche casting swap, mm. but uh, I don't know. That's that's kind of where I landed. So. Love it. I don't I don't have one. So yeah, I I same with you. I didn't want to replace Aussie or Bruce. So I mean, it, it, everything else I think is so they're so bit part. It's kind of hard to and right. yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. I think they're so both so good for this. I I got nothing on this one. So yeah, I agree. I like I it agree. though. Ted Raimi would be he would be perfect. He he would be. I think he would even be a better like Daniel Robot character. Give him some lines in this. You know, right? Yeah, I like right. it. I mean, how many yep. times have you seen him play that role in other movies? I mean, the fucking Spider Man mm-hmm. movies, he he pops up in a similar kind of thing. You know, 
Yeah, um, definitely. So, all right. And then our last category, and this is always the one that is, uh, you know, it's kind of bonus credit. Um, but if we're <laughs> going to replace somebody on the staff with a binge staffer or two, who would that be? Did you come up with anybody for this? Yes. Yeah. I think, I think Jim Law would be a great fucking nursing home patient. He's got, he's an, he's an older guy. He's got those knobby <laughs> knees. We know it. he's older. He, maybe even he could be fucking Elvis's roommate, you know? That dies uh, in the opening scene. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He could be prone to having his asshole sucked his soul right out of his asshole. So that's where I'm at. I think Law would be perfect for this nursing home. You know, put him right in there. He could be. He could even be the fucking ass. The the, the guy you were talking about, fucking Larry Pinnell, his Lone Ranger. <laughs> oh, you know, zombie! <laughs> exactly. Instead of throwing the purple heart away, in his life. JT hurt as fuck. Yeah, yeah, it works. <laughs> Instead of throwing the purple heart, they throw a dildo from the dildo factory in the trash. It's it's the purple dildo, dude. It's the purple dildo. (laughs) Um, All right. So I, again, I had to really think about this one because you don't want to replace anybody that's kind of great in this movie. So it really narrows down, like, okay, who are you going to swap? And I really thought about binge staffers and couldn't come up with anybody currently on the staff that made sense for 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 this movie um there's a there's maybe a world in which you know pete mc could be jfk but it just didn't feel right um (laughs) you know it didn't didn't tick all the boxes for me um you know you could maybe swap elvis for like nah you really can't it's gotta it's gotta be ozzy davis and bruce campbell so again moving that aside started thinking, all right, well, I already took the mortician role and gave that to Ted Raimi. So I got up the ante here. How do I do it? And then one thing came to mind, and it was this. (laughs) GC is Bubba Hotep. (laughs) I mean, first of all, he's a mountain of a man, right? So he has the physical stature, okay? Second of all, I can't think of anything more horrifying than hearing that from down a hallway, knowing that this thing is going to show up, it's going to creep its way, and, uh, you know, get up in that ass, as Leon from mm-hmm. Kurt would say, and, uh, you know, get, a, get, get up in them uh, souls and get that shit out of there, literally. <laughs> so, I think that this is we- GC all day, and I actually want to see this done, so Pete and Michelle, if you're feeling inspired... Uh, you know, another episode better called binge. There it is. So, do we do we think that the verb comes out right before he sucks the soul out of the asshole? Or like... I feel like it comes out, and then as he's finishing up, it kind of like reverse goes back in, so that he can use it again. Mm. You know? Okay, okay, I like it. I like it. I can see it. I can see it. All right. Yeah, this is the dumbest fucking conversation we've ever had on this show. Okay, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> Uh, all right. Other than that, man, I, I, I've kind of said all I need to say about Bubba Hotep. Do you have anything else you want to get off your plate before we do final scores? Looking through the notes, I don't think so. I think we've covered them all. I, all right. I think we got them all, man. Yep. All right. So let's dive into it here. I'm going to kick this off. Um, so I don't know what I used to give this movie. Uh, this was a while back. But back in the day when in the MySpace days, I think. Um, I want to say it was Flickster was attached to MySpace and Facebook at one point, and I would keep track of the movies I had seen and the ratings I had on Flickster. 
if anybody knows how to get back to that, I would love to look and see like what I rated movies before. So if, if you if you know how to do that, let me know. But um, I couldn't tell you what my Flickster rating of this movie was back in the day. So I, I really don't know. I, I know that I really liked this movie, but number wise, no idea. Um, I was trying to think in terms of okay, rewatchability. This is a good movie to rewatch once every like couple of years, but I haven't watched this in over a decade. Why is that? Mm-hmm. And I think that's just because it's fun, it's wacky, it's a good time. But I do think there is a little bit of a like law of diminishing returns when it comes to the third act here. You, you kind of said it. The movie it has an ending. I'm not sure it's as satisfying as it could have been. You know, it, it does yeah. feel at times like the budget kind of ran out. And as much as I like the scenes where Bubba Hotep is insulting Elvis using like hieroglyphic uh, subtitles, which is really <laughs> fun, um, it, it's not, it doesn't end the way that I want it to really. Um, and I think that's the thing that maybe has kept me away from this movie for a while. Love the performances. Really admirable direction, fun script, good score. There's more good than bad here, absolutely. Um, But to me, this is like a very easy and ironic uh, B for me. So this is a B for a B movie. You know, I'm just going to – I have a B also. But it's B for Bruce. Uh, That's where I Very nice. Yeah, I can't. I'm not going to give this movie an A. I I know this. It's it's you know who you're recommending this movie for, right? It's it's like it is a B movie to a T. Like it, it just is. Is this movie on the level of a Third Man? Is this movie on the level of even a Big Trouble in Little China? No, it's not. It's not. It's five hundred thousand dollars is what this movie cost to make. But this is a showcase for Bruce, and I fucking love Bruce. Uh, I like Don Coscarelli enough. I'm, I'm not like a diehard fan of his. I like, like yeah. you said, I like the Phantasm movies, and I've actually never seen like John dies at the end. Yeah, uh, yeah but uh, yeah, I think this movie is really fun. This is a, this is a good revisit for movie homework. I think if you haven't seen this, it's fucking an hour and twenty six minutes the credits roll. Uh, yeah, this is a B for me as well. So we, what we didn't get into though, Jack, is what what do you think about the uh, the prospects for the. Uh, Bubba Nosferatu, Curse of the She Vampires. Did you oh. any? Did you do any digging on that or what that was going to be? So yeah, I mean, I you know, I, I've known that there have been talks about that for a long time as as a prequel to this movie. Um, mm-hmm. Would I want to see it? Fuck yeah! Like, why not? Like, there's no look. This is not like a sacred premise or anything, and you know, it ends a certain way. But I mean, fuck. They're making another Ray Palpatine movie. Like, nothing ends, so who gives a fuck, right? Um, If you tell me tomorrow that in a year and a half, Coscarelli and Bruce Campbell are going to have a new Bubba Nosferatu movie with him as Elvis again, fuck yeah. Like, I'm I'm on board. Of course I'm on board. Like, that's... Yeah, keep them coming. Keep them coming. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so originally I think Paul Giamatti was supposed to play Colonel Tom Parker to... uh, yeah, to his Elvis, and I think it was Bruce and Don just couldn't come to an agreement of what the script was because Don, what Don loved the most, Bruce hated the most, and he's like, "No, nah, this is not going to happen. Let's not ruin our friendship over this." So it, I don't think it's going to happen, but yeah, it would be it would be pretty interesting, especially after seeing you know Tom Hanks as Colonel Tom Parker last year and Giamatti. And I think there was even at one point Coscarelli was going to just replace Bruce with Ron Perlman as Elvis. <laughs> so it was like, oh, okay, that would be. 
a whole other thing. But hmm. yeah, I don't I don't think it's ever going to happen. But there have been like comics of even uh, it was Army of Darkness, Bubba Hotep crossover that came out I yeah. think in 2019. So there's been none of that. But I, I don't think we're ever going to get the the actual sequel. It comes up after the credits of this movie. He yeah. will return in you know Benasferatu. <laughs> so. But, yeah, I, know, I thought we should at least mention that on this podcast. So. Absolutely. It, it's kind of ripe for one of these streaming services to make like a six-episode animated thing, now that I think about it. You know? Yeah, um, that could work. Huh? Just get Bruce to come back and voice it. Maybe Casarelli will like license out the uh, the rights to the to film character or something. And I don't know. That that might be one way to slice it. But, um, but yeah. Well... Yeah. In any case, uh, Chad, anything else to say about Bubba Hotep before we move on? I think we covered everything we could cover for an 86-minute movie. I think we I covered think all so. bases, so I think I'm good. I think so. <laughs> I think so. All right. Um, so before I start listing off all of our social media tags, uh, our show for next week, or rather next time. Um, so we've covered uh, kind of a wide array of stuff. And I won't lie, I've, I've been itching to get into Star Trek for a long time on Binge. Um, really, there aren't any Star Trek fans, which is a shame, because as we are recording this, and actually I think as this episode drops, the third season of Picard Wolf just came out, which was absolutely fucking phenomenal, which was shocking given the fact that the first two seasons were dog shit, but... I digress. Um, so I've always wanted to talk more Trek on the network, and this seems like a unique opportunity to do that. So um, next time, Chad is allowing me to choose Star Trek The Wrath of Khan for our next movie. Um, one thing I will mention is that for those of you who are not Trek fans or don't know much about it, um, you can watch the first movie, but it doesn't have a direct influence on the second one. The true prequel to Star Trek The Wrath of Khan is actually an episode from the first season of Star Trek called Space Seed. So if you really want to keep up with us on this movie homework, watch Space Seed and then watch The Wrath of Khan and you will get the uh, the full story there. So uh, next time, Wrath of Khan and you know, a little, little bonus credit for you is getting Space Seed in too so you, so you get it all. So. All right. Uh, Let's do it. It, it should be. Should, you should be very excited. This is... Uh, I'm going to have a lot to say about this one. So, Never um, seen it, so you're going to be leading the ship that episode. Fantastic. fantastic. All right. Uh, 708-406-9546 is the phone number. BingeMovieHomework at gmail.com is where you can email us for superlative suggestions. Uh, you know, upcoming shows. You can suggest movies for us, topics, uh, themes, anything. We're open to any and all suggestions. And uh, you can find us at BingeMedia on Facebook, Twitter, patreon and instagram and don't forget patreon five bucks a month gets you the full binge and all of our bonus episodes chicanery private discord server and of course Lollapalooza, august 4th 5th and 6th start planning your fucking trip now all right that's it that's all she wrote i'm saying peace thank you for listening to movie homework a Binge Media production. Follow the Binge Media Podcast Network at bingemedia.com, patreon.com slash bingemedia, or wherever you get podcasts. Got a movie suggestion? An award suggestion? Send us an email at bingemoviehomework at gmail.com. Binge